This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's the Fight Fan with Pete Hoffman time. Hey, like Roy Jones said, I said, y'all must have forgot. And I see you media people as well with your little clickbait headlines. But trust me, I have to make y'all remember why we the best. I saw some criticism. People say the punches weren't really necessary. What do you mean, why were they not necessary? Because he was already knocked out at that point. But it, the referee hadn't pulled me off. And my job is to hit somebody till the referee pulls me off. So to so those people, I would say, maybe don't watch him and may go back to soccer. How good does it feel to be back? You know, I made history here tonight. I set another record. You know what I mean? I'm very proud of that accomplishment. The UFC, they can strip fires and give to the fires, make believe belts in order to replicate my champ champ status. But they can't give knockout victories across multiple weight divisions. WFAN and Radio.com. I'm on the West Coast side. Mike Tyson should have been here anyway. He's the baddest man on the planet, right? He should have been the one. He should have been the one over here. Uh, I'm over here with her on the rock, huh? <laughs> you guys caught me under under a bad bad time, but you know what I'm saying? The rock's cool. I like ballers. I like ballers. You know what I'm saying? But he picked the wrong side. He picked another side, so he could get it, too. He could get his ass whipped, too. Straight up. With all due respect, he could get it too. I definitely want to defend my 145 belt. And let's see, I'm gonna talk to Dana. Dana, tomorrow I'm gonna call you. We're gonna have a talk. I love you, boy. Here's your fight fan host, Pete Hoffman. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of The Fight Fan with your host, Pete Hoffman, at the Hoff WFAN, at the Fight Fan WFAN on Twitter. Uh, that's my personal page and the show page, at the Fight Fan with Pete Hoffman on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, all that stuff. You know where it is. Uh, on this episode, we will be joined by Michael Carter-Williams of the Orlando Magic and former featherweight WBO champion, Heather Hardy. Uh, it's going to be a great show. Awesome awesome time with both of them. Uh, we get into Michael Carter-Williams and how he got into MMA. And Heather Hardy uh, will talk about who she's really looking forward to watching. Uh, big fight coming up today. 
if it's Friday, it's today. If it's Saturday, it was yesterday. Uh, but in the bared knuckle fighting, uh, there's a big fight that's taking place. So Heather Hardy will get into that and more. Really quickly, Donald Cowboy Cerrone, Diego Sanchez. That has been confirmed, if I'm correct. May 9th, Diego Sanchez's final fight. According to him, final fight in the UFC and in the MMA world. Uh, the guy is a legend, Diego Sanchez is. He is uh, was on the original Ultimate Fighter, and he has fought for years, and he has taken, you know, has had some epic fights over the years and just a really good mainstay of the sport, a veteran of the sport. And what way to go out then with a fight against Donald Cowboy Cerrone? And that's, you know, it's it's a way to go out because you don't want to see Diego fight some young buck who's looking to get a knockout win. You want, you want to see him fight someone who has is at the same level as him. I mean, I'm not saying uh, cow, uh, Cowboy's looking to hang him up anytime soon, but he's a vet of the sport, fan favorite, and you just like to see that matchup. The same way that we saw Carlos Condit versus Matt Brown, it's nice to see Diego Sanchez, Cowboy Cerrone. So that will be fun. And again, that's that's supposedly Diego Sanchez's final fight in his career. So we're looking forward to that. That's cool. Stephen A. Smith made some stupid remarks, and that is why I brought in uh, Heather Hardy as well. We're going to get into that, but... I'm just disappointed in Stephen A. Smith, especially the platform that he has. Made a comment saying basically doesn't want to see women in combat sports. Doesn't need to see women fighting. Doesn't need to see women take punches and stuff like that. But ESPN shocks me as as being a supporter of the UFC and to see how the UFC has basically equalized the sporting world. Has equalized... Uh, the sexes, I should say. Over the past few years, fights have been headlined by Amanda Nunes, Ronda Rousey, Holly Holm, Chris Cyborg. They've they've put women on the map. You know, it wasn't always like that. And I'm not going to sit there and pat Dana White on the back for that because he didn't believe in it either. It just kind of organically happened. You know, Carano started out, um, and then... Ronda Rousey kind of took over. It wasn't just Ronda Rousey. You know, Conor McGregor's of the world also continued to to put MMA on on the map. But Ronda Rousey was right there too. And she headlined so many cards. So you can't deny the impact that women have had in the fighting world. And why minimize that? Why diminish that? Why even say something as, as stupid as... Why why bring that up? Like, it doesn't make any sense to, to, to put that out there. Like, it just wasn't an opinion that was warranted. It wasn't a topic that was even asked of. Um, So, yeah, I'm a little, I'm pretty, I'm highly disappointed in Stephen A. I'm highly disappointed that ESPN allowed that, especially considering they they back, UFC and ESPN are like hand in hand right now these days. So that that that, that bothers me a little bit. But I'm going to talk about that with Heather Hardy. Let her go off on that. But right now, it's time to bring in Orlando Magic's Michael Carter-Williams. Thanks so much for the time, man. I appreciate it. And, and tell me, how did you become such a big MMA fan? Uh, thank you guys for having me first. Um, you know, I think I became an, I became an MMA fan a long time ago. My stepfather, he was actually big into uh, UFC. He 
you know, he's telling about the history of, of UFC one and UFC two, like he goes way back. So um, I was kind of, you know, brought up watching it. Um, and I've just been a, you know, a fan, you know, ever since, you know, um, yeah. Did you watch like those original fights where they're like no rules and like, yeah, no way. I ga- yeah, gouging yeah. nut shots, dude. Nut shots. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually just met uh, Royce Gracie the other day. Oh, wow. Which was, which was awesome. So, yeah. Do you do you train at all? Have you trained in MMA in any sort of way, whether it's jujitsu or combat yeah. sports? Yeah, I, I train. Um, I train a little bit jujitsu. Um, I started about two summers ago, and then I kind of took some time off. And then this this summer, I I was training a lot. Um, had a lot of fun. I love you know I love my teacher in, in John Burke, and I love uh, it's he he comes from the the, the Gracie family as well. So um, it was a it, he's a great teacher. Does it help you in your game at all? Does it help you perfect anything in your game? I mean, it's a lot of discipline, but anything else that it helps you out with? Yeah, I know. I think it helps you, you know, think while you're doing movements. You know, you're always got to be thinking. It's it's a big mind game. And um, same thing with basketball. You know, there's, there's quick movements, but you got to be thinking. You know, I've always been taught to have a slow mind, but playing fast. So that's a that's, you know, kind of what jujitsu is. So uh, we talked about I kind of think I know where you're, you're going to go with this, but, you know, I have a segment I like to call like the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. And I kind of like to see who you think is right now the best uh, UFC fighter, what um, the uh, who is was was the best of all time and who is someone that's up and coming. So start with it. Like who is who got you into UFC? Who do you think is the best fighter of all time? Um, Anderson Silva got me into UFC, I would say. Um, you know, he was my first favorite, probably my favorite fighter. Um the best of all time probably have to be John Jones, uh, just because you know he, he's never been beat. He's been dominated for so he's been he dominated for so long. He went through different generations of fighters. Um, the best right now, um, I'd probably say Khabib. He's pound for pound, right? And then number one, right. Right now, just, he, uh, he just retired. So um, you know, I think until you know if John Jones gets a shot at the heavyweight title and you know he wins that, you know, I think that. That closes the deal. But then there's also other options too, right? Like Israel Adesanya, like if he gets another, then he's two-way world champion. He's already defended one belt. You know, if he wins another, like, you know, there's there's, there's a lot of a lot of guys. The guy I'm looking really forward to seeing is I know he hasn't fought a lot of competition, but is uh Cam Zat, you know, Cam Zat. Mm. He's uh he's got I, a big I fight with Leon Edwards coming up, right? Yeah, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see where he is just because he's so versatile, right? He's got the hands and he's got the ground game too. So you know, a lot of the guys either have one or the other, and you know he's got both. So, um, yeah, it's gonna be. Re- I know it's really early to tell, but like a super early prediction to see a guy come up with to be a crazy star. I think he's a uh, he's got all the talent. You talk about um, John Jones. You talk about his his making his way towards the the heavyweight division, and this is something that I think you, your sport can relate to too, because like over the past few years, the heavyweight division has basically been like stuck between Stipe, DC, Francis Ngannou now getting his second run of the title. You know, it's John Jones is kind of adding a new wrinkle to that, and hopefully he's going to have a shot at the title too. Compare that to like the NBA where it's always a very, it's a very top heavy league and it, it doesn't really move as much. You're going to see LeBron James. You're going to see right now, Brooklyn Nets are going to be up there. Hopefully, you know, possibly as a, making a run of the championship. Is it, is it, is it too top heavy? You think it, even in UFC or do, do you think that they have to move it around a little bit too? Um, I think it's, you know, I think it's different. I think like 
in the NBA, it's like a newly kind of thing where, where teams are getting really top heavy. You know, for a while, there was like, you know, maybe one or two stars on each team. And now there's three, four, you know, you know, potential all stars on a on team. So, um, you know, I think that that makes it a little, a, you know, that makes it real top heavy. And then um, in the UFC, you know, I think that and those guys are so good, man. Like uh, we are yeah. we're blessed at a time right now. Right. Like, I don't know when's the next time we'll see another John Jones or you know, see another DC or even Steve Bay, right? Like those, those guys are all so, you know, so talented and, and they don't come around too often. So I think we're blessed in that area, but um, you know, I, I do think that with like in 10, you know, five, 10 years, we're going to see some, some different type of talent in the UFC just because it's becoming such a popular sport. And I don't think they scratch the surface of where, you know, I think we'll look back at these guys in like 10, 15 years, like, you know, whenever we thought, you know, Khabib was the best fighter ever, like, you know, remember when we thought Connor and you know all these other guys were uh, look at look at you know, dude. We look, look look at like you know you're talking about you've you've been watching UFC forever, so you know the Randy Couture's, the Chuck Liddell's, the Tito Ortiz's. You know those those type of of names and how talented the GSPs, the George St. Pierre's. It's mm-hmm. like oh these guys were studs, and now it's like those were specialists. Those were knockout artists or, or GSP even with with the ground game and stuff like that. But and he and he's a good striker too. Don't take that away. But yeah. now it's everyone is just so well diverse. Stipe could do everything. He could whether it's on the ground or stand up. He he's got it. You look at Khabib, who is sort of a specialist with the ground game, but he could strike with somebody. You know, he he yeah, stood yeah. With, with with Gaethje. He stood up there with with Connor too. He's not afraid. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. You know, and that's the same. The, the to be versatile in this in this you know you got to be versatile now in this sport. Um, you know, you either have to have a wicked take, uh, wicked, um, you know, defensive takedowns or, you know, or and you got to be amazing on your feet or, you know, you know, if you get if you if you're not amazing on the ground, you're going to you're going to have some trouble with, you know, with these guys or, you know. Well, that's that's a, the most that's the thing that I look at these days, too, because you look at a guy like Tyron Woodley, who he such a good wrestler, but is known for striking because he's got that knockout power. And you you saw what he what happened with him and Kamaru Usman. Like Kamaru Usman is an, an elite wrestler, no, you know, and and no one's going to minimize what Tyron Woodley can do on the on the ground too, and his his defense is pretty solid. But Kamaru made him look silly, and it's one of those things where it's like the levels are just getting better and better. The younger guys are just coming up and taking over, and yeah. it's kind of interesting to see what him and, and Gilbert Burns are going to do in a couple of weeks. Yeah, you know, I can't wait to see that fight. That's going to be a real interesting fight. Gilbert Burns got he has both as well, so. Um, that's a fight I'm looking forward to. I, I'm 50-50 on that fight right now. I don't I don't know who's going to take that. I mean, it'd be interesting to see how, if Usman can control in the clinch and, you know, get those short strikes. And, you know, he's got those weak foot stomps. But no, he's, <laughs> he's, he's, uh, he's, he's super talented. Can't take anything away from him. But, yeah. Well, that, that's with the Connor-Dustin Poirier fight. I was looking at that with the, with the shoulder strikes. They were both trading the yeah. shoulder strikes. I was like, okay, is this like a new fad? Are we going to start seeing this in the UFC? Because yeah. for a while, the foot stomps was like a thing, and I yeah. really couldn't stand that. Like, I remember yeah. the, uh, Matt Serra, who's a very interesting fighter. I like him. Dude, again, shocked the world with a GSP win. Yep. But but he was known for those foot strikes, foot stomps. I'm like, all right, you know, those could be used here or there, but don't let's not bore us for three rounds and, and just do foot, 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 foot stomps. Foot, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, for sure. But it's cool. It, it is crazy to see like the ad- adaptation of the striking, the interesting ways that people are the, the, like Max Holloway, what he did a few weeks ago. You look at the, the type of performance he put on. That's just that was just crazy. And, and Cater, too, was taking like a champ and throw it and trading. And it's just one of those things where 
I think you're getting you're getting these fighters now to really just excel. Even if someone is a little bit better, it's still an entertaining fight, which is what you and I are looking for. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we're everybody's looking for those, you know, entertaining fights. What Max did was unbelievable. Cal, Calvin stayed in there like like a champ, like you said. And, you know, it wasn't wasn't his night, but he showed, you know, tremendous heart. Um, that was, you know, on both sides. You, you probably never seen anything like that before. This is Max's output and, you know, the way he was able to the way Calvin was able to take those hits and, and throw back some, too. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, we're we're I think we're seeing even the, the, the fight with Connor and, and, and um and Poirier, you know, even the leg kicks, like Connor never saw those leg kicks like that before. The game changes so quick, right? Like, you know, you miss four or five months and you, you know, there's fighters adapt to new things. Like the leg kicks always haven't been a huge, they, you know, they've been there, but not a huge play in the UFC like they've had this past, you know, two years. Yeah, I can't understand that too, because you you and I both know, like we're watching it every, I mean, I'm sure during the, when the pandemic started, most people that are like NBA fans and, and baseball fans, football fans, they had nothing to watch. You and I had something to watch every week. I, I was fine. You know, it was yeah, all good with me. Yeah. You know, but so, but we watched like the leg strikes are huge. We know all the stuff. How does someone like Conor McGregor not realize that? Like, just check check one yeah. leg kick, man. Yeah, no, I know. I, and then that's what I think too. And, and then I got to think like, okay, I mean, you know, I, I understand that, you know, I then I like put it to basketball terms and like, you know, how does – you know, you know, this guy can score. How don't you, you know, how don't you stop him? Or, you know, this guy's going to do this and you still don't stop. You know what I mean? I guess like that's my only answer, you know, kind of could be is like, you know, he's never felt them before. Uh, I watched the interview with Kavanaugh and they say, you know, obviously we went over them, but it's different when you're wearing pads on, you're not really feeling it. So, you know, if you're going through that repetition and, and you're not, you know, totally 100% feeling the effect it has on your body, you may get, you know, a little lackadaisical with it. You get hit with the pad on, you're like, ah, I can eat that. And then you go, you know, give your shots, whatever. But, um, yeah, I mean, you, you just got to make adjustments, man. His stance is, you know, it's, you know, it's susceptible to those leg kicks. So, um, I know you can take away everything. So maybe you thought he could, you know, get him out of there before they started to affect him. When you were watching the fights, were you watching with, with, with some friends or was it, were you by yourself or well, typically when you watch fights, are you usually by yourself? Cause no one else, you don't want to be around you. Cause I don't know about yeah, you. But I like- love, yeah. I love watching fights by myself, unless it's my stepfather, my brother. Um, I love watching fights by myself just because I, I just can't like, if you, if, <laughs> if you don't know what you're talking about and you're talking during the fights and trying to listen, oh, trying dude. to see, I'm uh, just like, even my, even my girlfriend and her friend, I'm just like, like, come on, man. Like, <laughs> if I, the guy wanted to win and you you were here and he lost. I'm blaming it on you. Like, oh, of course. Of course. That's, that's yeah, watching you guys too, though. Watch it. And whether it's NBA, watching Super Bowls that's coming up. Like, if yeah. you're bad luck, my, my son was watching the Buffalo Bills game. My wife walked in the room for a second. He's like, get out of here. Get out of here. I don't want you around. <laughs> and that's just how it is, man. You're superstitious. Yeah. And, like, I don't know about you. Like, have you gone to a lot of these events live? Yep. Yeah. I've when you go there, like, I, I mean, watching a sporting event live is always crazy, but like seeing a main event, like my heart starts to palpitate. Like I start to bug oh, out. Man. Like it's crazy. Yeah. The energy, you know? Yeah. yeah. I, I, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. The energy, the intensity is so crazy in there. I saw when Masvidal knocked Ben Askren out with the knee. Um, <laughs> that was unreal. I, I, you know, I saw, I've seen Nate versus Anthony Pettis. Um, I actually saw Connor fight uh, Max in Boston. Oh wow! Yeah, was, yeah I was, was there too. Undercard. 
Yeah, that's crazy. I forgot. I forgot about that. I, I looked it up. I was like, wait a second. I have pictures of me sitting there. That was that was nuts. Yeah. And the, even back then, you saw the aura of of uh, of a Conor McGregor. You know, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's 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 nothing like I tell. I try to tell my friends, my teammates. I'm like, bro, there's nothing like going to a UFC event. What do you think could help market the UFC? Because look, you take away like look NBA is like the best marketer for any major sport right now. You talk about, I, I'm a big baseball fan too. And I'm like, they need to catch up to what NBA is doing because you guys know how to highlight your superstars, highlight the game itself. And it's on a different level. UFC has done, done a good job. I mean, the fact that they were on ABC was pretty awesome recently, but yeah. like yep. you being in the NBA, you, you, you have to see the, the, how you guys are appreciated and how you guys are highlighted and, and everything you do. So, you know, what, what would your suggestion be to like, the UFC to help boost up your, your celebrity status, I guess. Man, I mean, I don't know, man. It's so hard. It's so hard just because like, you just can't, it's so rare to be a John Jones and be on top of your game for so long. Right. And, you know, guys, you know, in UFC, it's not like, it's not like boxing. Like you're fighting. If you're, if you're, you know, top five, you're fighting a guy in the top five, you know, you're not having a mandatory who just lost, you know what mm. I mean? Like you're fighting, you're, you're fighting the best all the time. You're fighting the guys that, you know, people think that can beat you like just because of the matchup, like it's so hard, but I, I would just say like, I, I mean, I think they're on the right trail, right? There's, there's more stars and, you know, you got Izzy, you know, you have, oh, Bean, you have, you know, you have guys that are, you know, you have Kevin Masvidal, Holland, you have Nate, Kevin Holland, like guys that are starting to really like, you know, get, get some, get some juice behind them. And, and even Max, like people are just starting to appreciate who Max is now. Right. It's like, I know he's been chant for like, <laughs> for forever. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, I mean, it, I think they're on the right path. I think they're you know on the up and up of, of, you know, appreciating guys skills more. And it's just about just keep getting their face in, in there. Keep getting like, it's gotta be sports center has gotta be, you know, ESPN has gotta be more on, you know, the talks on ESPN. It's gotta you know, real analyst, analysts that know what they're talking about, you know what I mean? On the show. And, you know, so, um, yeah, no, I think that's, that's all I got for that. You bring up two things that I got to talk about because the Stephen A, I don't know if sure, not sure if you heard the Stephen A comments about him not wanting to, to, uh, watch. He's not really particularly into watching females fight, but if you think about like what UFC has done and Dana White was not on board with this either, but you think about like, three, four times a year, their main cards are headlined by like Amanda Nunes or a Valentina Shevchenko, Ronda Rousey back, back when she was fighting. Like, so clearly there is a, there is a, a, a fan base for this. What are your thoughts on, on, on females in fighting, especially because they are getting pushed. They're getting like, even in um, at WNBA compared to NBA, it's still like levels away, but UFC MMA, it's like, they're on the same level. Am I wrong? Yeah, no, I, I think so. I think that, like, again, in, in women, in, women in UFC is is you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's they haven't been around that long. Like, you have to let the talent develop. Like, think of when basketball started and the talent. Then, obviously, there's guys that are generational have generational talent. Like Will Chamberlain, he would have been fine in the NBA now. But like, I guarantee you that some of the other people he was playing against weren't the way that the NBA is right now. It's just how you know how life works. So, you know, if you let them, you know, keep going. And they're a super talented woman right now. Like, like Thug Rose is really good. Holly oh, yeah. Zhang is really good. Joanne is really good. Amanda Nunez, you know, there, there's there's tons of girls that are that are like that are really, really good. And and they just need to be recognized more. Like I love, you know, I love watching them. I get like, 
you know, there's some fights where, you know, the, the, the defense is not all there and they're just throwing through, it's sloppy, but like, you know, that, that, that comes with the sport, you know, in, in, in years around, you know, down the line, those things will be cleaned up and we'll start to see other women that are like really, really elite. Like if you've ever watched Sepchenko fight, it's like, you know, it's, she's a masterpiece. She's, she's a killer. Like, she's a exactly killer. Like you can't, you can't take those, you can't take the, the, the like, they're all the, the people I just named their skills away. Cause they're, you know, they're amazing fighter. Like Amanda Nunes, you could say she's the best fighter in UFC. Yeah. No question. You know I mean? No so. question. And, and it's funny because you also brought up the boxing thing too, about how like the star power of, of you know, boxing and, and then UFC they're, they're listen, they're creating names and stuff like that, but it's crazy because again, I learn, I work at local sport talk radio and on a daily basis, it's NBA, MLB, NFL. That's what we talk about. Right. But the Mike Tyson, uh, Roy Jones fight was a big thing. And then and the Nate Robinson, Jake Paul was a huge thing. I'm like, you guys are missing out on so much awesome. Like, if you guys like combat sports, just turn on UFC, turn on ESPN Plus. But those are the those are the things that like those those type of like uh, goofy fights. I guess I don't know what you want to call them. That's what people are into over here. It's, it's killing me. The Ben Askren, Jake Paul, that's going to come up. I'm nervous as all hell because I'm supportive of the MMA uh, family, and I I know he's not going to knock him out. I know he's not going to knock out Jake Paul. He should be able to hopefully learn. He has defense, hopefully, and can last four rounds or however long it's going to go. Uh, what What are your thoughts on those type of celebrity fights? I guess. Yeah, I mean, I I can't lie. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of them. I watch just because I'm a fan of the fight game, but I I, I can't lie and you know and say I don't watch. But um, yeah, I'm not a fan of them. Like, I, you know, I I don't get you know what what good comes out of it. Like, you know, obviously, you know, Jake Paul's won what two fights now, and he's fought two guys that probably don't like never trained before in their life. You know, you can obviously tell, but. Um, Again, and I don't want to knock anyone's hustle. He's probably making good money off of what he's doing. That's, uh, yeah. You know, that's <laughs> that's him. I'll never knock any man's hustle. But, um, you know, I mean, it is. I mean, I hope Ben Askin like I, I hope Ben Askin wins too. What we've seen on his feet isn't isn't too impressive. But like, right. and you got to think again. He's been hit by, you know, he's been hit by monster probably monster knees, punches, and elbows and kicks, and so you know he could take the damage. I don't think he's going to get knocked out. So. Um, We'll see. But I think he does troll a little bit, too, though. Like, there's no way he hits the heavy bag like that. Like, I think he I think he gives I think he feeds into it a little bit, too. Like, I think he's going to be a little bit sharper than we think. But obviously, we know he's not very like we know his hands aren't very good. We've seen that in, in fights. But I think a lot of his stand up is a deploy to get him to the ground. Like, so he's not even he's never even thought about stand up. You know, what I, I mean? know. So. I know, and I'm, I don't know if I could watch it just because I don't want to see him get knocked out. That would be killing yeah, me. Would be, yeah, but, that would hurt. but it's gonna be a it's gonna be a moneymaker, man. So I mean, good for again, yeah. good for Jake Paul for for being able to build that audience. I just right, I, I'd sit there, I try to convince everybody. I'm like, listen, there are amazing fights like this weekend. Alistair Overeem versus Volkov, like that's a great fight. It's a heavyweight fight. It's it's it, Alistair Overeem's one of the best fighters of all time. It doesn't get as much credit just because he hasn't held a title in UFC. But it's just like you those free fights you should check out, you know. Like, how do you convince Absolutely. your friends to watch those fights? Man, <laughs> I mean, it's hard, but once I once I get them to watch, they're like, you know, they I got to, you know, I've I've you know got a bunch of guys hooked that that uh, like my teammates, I'll be like, just come watch the fight with me. Like, let's just watch, like whatever. So watch the fight, and they'll be like, man, like 
this is this is this is action packed. And then they get hooked. They start, you know, doing on their own. Like it's crazy. Like I used to for years, I used to, you know, tell everybody to watch. And now when there's a big event, I get hundreds of texts. You watching the fight? You watching the fight? Like, of course, I'm watching the fight. You know, I'm watching the fight. Like I was the one who told you, you watch your fights. But, but um, no, I mean, I, I try, man. I try. I, you know, I try to get people to go. Like I tell every all my friends, like, yo, you ever want to come to an event with me? Like we can go. Yeah, so. it's dude, it's worth it, man. You you know it. It's it's I'm 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 trying to sell the events on everybody because I'm like, dude, it's just it's just worth the experience. Just try it once, you'll be hooked forever. But and that's another thing too. Like the audience is finally coming back. I think I don't know if it's gonna be for this pay per view, but at least I think the two fifty nine they're coming back, which is gonna be crazy. Uh, give me your uh, perspective. You know, obviously you you've been out for a little bit this season. You've had some injury woes, but the fans being back in the crowds. Do you feel uh, we saw the the issue with LeBron James, which is so stupid? I mean, get these people out of here. But I mean, for that, you're going to get those hecklers no matter what. But is it good to have the fans back? Do you do you, do you vibe off of them? Did you miss it a lot when they weren't around? Absolutely. You know, I think you, the fans can help you definitely kick it into another gear. Um, it was interesting in UFC to not have fans because I was like, oh, you know, we get to hear the hits a little bit. You get to you know hear everything the coaching going on. But I do miss the fans. You know, the big moment, the big the big hits with the crowd and. You know, it's it's you fans are such a big part of the sport and, you know, they're definitely, definitely missed. We I, I've you know noticed, you know, I feed off the crowd a ton when I play. So um, I definitely miss the crowd. Uh, Michael Carter Williams, just a couple more minutes. Uh, anything that you would like to promote yourself? Anything that you got going on right now in the works? Um, Not really. I mean, shout out to my girls for my, my MCW stars, girls. Um, you know, I love, I love them all. We got about 15, 16 girls teams, a few boys teams as well. Um, they're always supporting me. So, um, you know, keep going and everybody, you know, keep staying, staying strong and, you know, being healthy through the pandemic, of course. Um, shout out to Orlando Magic, for sure. And what about the, what about Cuse? My, my boy, John, oh, yeah, Cuse, would kill for me. Sure. If- <laughs> for, sure, for sure. You know, I'm always, always much love for Cuse and, Coach Bayheim and the, and, the, and the you know the guys over there, G Mac, all of them, Coach Autry. So, um, yeah, you know I miss Q. So you know I catch the games here and there. Um, my brother right now he plays for Creighton, so I watch a lot of Big East ball. So, um, but yeah, that's awesome. Well, Michael, thanks so much for the time, man. I appreciate it, dude. And, and keep in touch. I'd love to have you for on sure. again. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. Thanks again to Michael Carter Williams for joining us. That was awesome. Uh, I will be sharing his picks along with my own and Young Gomes and some other people. Uh, Saturday, once they've announced officially announced the exact card, that's when I that's when I do it. I, I can't stand, you know. There's we go through the weigh-in process, and then we go through the who's got COVID last minute and who's got sick. It's happening a lot lately. It happens all the time anyway, but it happening. It's happening a lot more now. So I want to wait for their final card to put out. The UFC puts out the final card sometime on Saturday. And then I'll put my picks along with everyone else's uh, at the Hoff WFAN for that, at the Five Fan WFAN as well on Twitter and you know, social media at the at the Five Fan with Pete Hoffman everywhere else, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, also, don't forget Saturday after the fights, I will be doing an instant reaction. I will be recording myself as I watch the fight, uh, and you can sync it up and watch it with me. Uh, later on, and you can react the same way, or you can listen to me react as ridiculous as I do. Um, it's it was interesting for the Connor Dustin fight, that's for sure. Uh, that uh, next up, we will have um, again. Thank you, Michael Carter Williams. 
But next up, we will have Heather Hardy. She joins us. We talk a little bit about everything. Um, we will, but let's first get into the bare knuckle fighting world. That is, if you're listening today, Friday, the fight is tonight. If you're listening Saturday, the fight already happened. But we're going to get into it. And here she is, Heather Hardy. We are being joined right now by the former WBO featherweight champ, Heather Hardy. Uh, thanks so much for hopping on with us. I appreciate it. Uh, thanks for having me. Well, first of all, I want to get to um, Paige Van Zandt. I saw you, you you tweeted out that you're very excited about her fight coming up in uh, in uh, the bare knuckle fighting this Friday. Give me your uh, in your expertise opinion because you've been on the both sides. You went from boxing to MMA, and and Paige is now going from the MMA world going into boxing and bare knuckle fighting. So, how do you feel that she could do in in this sort of uh, this sort of fight? Well, she's a she's a competitor. I mean. You know, I, I always kind of felt oddly connected to Paige because it was almost like she was so pretty that nobody really ever took her seriously. You know, whether she won, whether she lost, you know, she's a warrior. And I think that sometimes when you're real pretty, like she is, people tend to think you're fake. And she's proven so many times that she's a real competitor. Um, I said I'm excited to see it because I'm excited to see whether or not her boxing has really... Um, evolved right like i'm not doubtful of it i'm just super excited to see how the transition is made because it's always really exciting like i used to get excited for my fights to be like wow i wonder if my boxing is going to be able to beat the other girl's stuff knowing that i wasn't good at the other stuff <laughs> so you know so it's I, i'm just i i'm genuinely excited as a fight fan to see how how she does See that's cool. I, I like that you dropped the name of the, the show as well. The a fight fan, you know that's that's what that's, that's what I'm here for. Like See, I've been getting I'm good at this. <laughs> I pre I know you're professional. I I'm the rookie here. Uh, no, but seriously, that's what I try to do. Like I I really want to just build and 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 the community up because they are even though you you're you're pioneer of the sport, especially for women in boxing, no question. Um, but you are a fan of it still. You don't you haven't lost that passion, which is great. Um, and same way here. Like I, I try to get everybody involved in this and you know, it's, it takes some time. They're very, a lot of people at WFAN at my radio station are very excited for the Jake Paul fights of the world. And I, yeah. that's, that's not a fight to me. That's like a show. Like, so what do you, how do you, how do you change that? How do you get them to convince them to watch a page Van Zandt bare, bare knuckle uh, fight? Well, that's really like what you said. Your show is a fight fan. Like, are you a fight fan or are you just like a commercial watcher, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. are you a person fan? People are a fan of this guy, Jake Paul or Logan, whoever yeah. their names are, you know, and they want to see what they do. It's like, I kind of joked in the beginning of my career where I had all these people who would come and watch my fight. None of them were boxing fans. They were all Heather fans and they were coming to support me. And eventually they became fight fans. And then as my career progressed, I got fight fans and boxing fans um, who liked my style or my, you know, for what I did in the ring and in the cage. But in the beginning, people just kind of support you. So if you have tons of supporters, that guy could like, I can, I'm sorry. Sorry. Is that okay. a louder camera? You can do whatever you feel. It's all good. <laughs> but that guy, that guy could play the piano and, and all his watchers would want to come see him do a duet with Billy Joel, you know, like it really doesn't matter. It's not boxing. It's that guy's show. Yeah. Well, that, that my, my wife would be into Billy Joel for sure. Um, <laughs> 
now for again talk about you as a pioneer of the sport you know you've gone back and forth you've done boxing to mma back to boxing i know the pandemic's been hard on everybody right now and and you i think took some time had to take some time off are you are you planning anything yourself what's what's going on with your future right now in, in boxing or mma so when the pandemic hit and boxing kind of shut down, I had to go into survival mode, you know, like I abandoned my training. I was working full time teaching boxing lessons. I mean, throughout the summertime, I was literally just sitting in the park with a set of mitts and gloves and people would run by and take my cards. And I was literally like selling drugs boxing <laughs> from the park. And so I didn't train for about a year. I've been out of the sport. And then, you know, I got a call from Lou and Lou said, you know, I don't have anything solid, but I will tell you to get ready for something in April. So I write back on it. I'm not looking to go into a world title fight. I don't want to do 10 rounds. It's been, I'm a year out of the sport. I'm going to go up a couple weight classes. So I am not like super focused on just getting off this COVID weight, you know, and really focus on coming back to boxing. So I really won't talk about my plans, plans for the rest of my career until I see how my my first kind of s smaller scale fight back coming back goes. Right. But you'd say you, it would be a boxing fight. It would not be MMA. Yeah, like I wouldn't I wouldn't hop right in the cage. I mean, that wouldn't be smart of me. You know, since boxing is kind of like my my home, my groove, it's like what I am. I would need that first six or eight round boxing match just to kind of get me get me back in the mix of um, big fights because there's really no such thing as a small fight for me in MMA because it's Bellator. It's always big stage, big show, big opponents, girls who want to kill me so that they can have their like broken nose highlight really. You know. <laughs> So, so uh, I would definitely kind of need, I hate to call it a tune-up because that's the, a terrible, a terrible way to, to put any kind of a fight, but my kind of jump back into a non-contender. Do you believe in ring rust? Like Conor McGregor yes. just fought, Ron, Conor McGregor just fought a couple weeks ago and it showed that there were some things that he was just missing. Dustin Poirier was just a step yeah. ahead of him. Do you feel that, you know, again, you don't want to say it's going to be a, a tune-up fight, but you believe that your first time back in the ring, it's going to be a little, you're going to be a little rusty? Oh gosh, yeah. I mean, especially at my age, right? I just turned 39, which... Happy birthday. Thank you. Which 10 years ago, a 39-year-old fighter would have been laughable. So I must say that we're in a different age, like with sports medicine and, you know, the knowledge of taking care of your body where fighters are fighting much longer. So it's not them, but, you know, you are off a beat, like your instincts are off a beat, your timing is off a beat. And that's nothing that being out of the gym for a year that I'm going to be able to make up for at a world title level in a month or two months, right? Do you now? Who are you training with currently right now? Any 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 other uh, big time boxers or anybody in particular that you're you've been working hard with to get you back? Uh, well, you know, I don't I don't remember if you're in New York City. Um, I am. But yes, the, the gyms here are so um, restrictive for training because you're training with masks on and there's no sparring allowed in the city. And so my training isn't exactly in third gear. We're in first gear. I'm really um, training myself at this point because. A lot of the coaches have moved or are not coming into Brooklyn anymore, aren't in Gleason's anymore. Mm. So right now it's really just like get my some of this weight off, shadow boxing. You know, like I'm kind of in the game enough where the first month of training, which this is only like three weeks, two weeks, I'm back, where I know the job that I have to do right now. 
Peloton. I've been, I, I have it. I haven't touched it in a, in a month, but I have it. Do you have one of those too? Cause that, that's, I, that's just amazing. I don't have one, but I have, um, there's one in the gym in my building so I can go down at any time and use it. I've tried it once and I cursed at that machine more than I ever <laughs> cursed at anything. Like, my super like put his head in the door. Was like, "Are you all right?" And I was like, "Fuck you, Jess Sims," because I wound up. It was funny because like I popped it on, and the instructor was one of my boxing students. So like I texted her. I was like, "You've got some nerve." <laughs> Get out of here. Who was who was the instructor? Jess Sims. Jess Sims. I'm trying to remember. I I'm a big fan of Kendall. Kendall's the Kendall's the girl that I that I was trying out. And listen, it's a good it's a good program. Not for nothing. I'm not trying to sell it or whatever, but. It's exhausting. I was it like, is. I hate you, people. Well, the thing uh, is now, now, now was just doing the thing because this has always bothered me where you sit, I'm sitting there in the hardest part of the, of the ride or whatever it is. They're sitting there yelling at you and telling them to keep moving. And then they're standing there and like, they're not bike. They're not riding themselves. I'm like, what are you doing? How are you going to expect me to ride? Or they'll be like, okay, now I need you to get up to 23 and you're on like 17. Done <laughs> and I'm like, you liars. No one can get there. Well, they're on I zero. Am a world champion. They're on zero. That's, that's a trick. They're on, they're always on zero. So it's, it's no, they don't. Um, well, listen, I, I understand. Cause I, I listen, I'm from East Chester, Westchester area and stuff like that. So it's just, this has been the pandemic has hit us all. It's definitely ruined all of our plans. We had, I mean, listen, we've, we've all been affected. I, I know you have a daughter as well. Is she in high school still? 11th grade, man. SAT year. It and, is not AP classes. Oh no. Not been easy. And, and then how, how has that been dealing with that as well? Because I have three young ones. There are ones in pre-K oh. or yeah, I've one to three year old. So that doesn't really count. He's fine, but I have one in second and fifth and that's just hands on. You know, yeah. it's, it's, I, and it's it's not just the school part, right? Because I have like kind of a really book smart kid. My kid is really smart. It's keeping on top of them to do the work and the, the realization that there's no connect to the outside world. So I have a 16 year old whose only connection to people is me 90% of the time. So like I would for a long time, her mom, her dad, her teacher, her gym teacher, her cook, personal shopper, her best friend, the person she hates the most, the punching <laughs> bag. It's like you're wearing 12 hats and at the same time trying to work. Some days I'd be in the park from sunup to sundown, just sitting there trying to make as much money as I could. So, you know, it's, it's not been easy on single moms. Call a single mom, you know, and tell her she's doing a good job. <laughs> Well, you're doing a great job. I, I, I can guarantee you that. So Thank I'm sure you. you make your, your daughter very, very proud. Not um, at 16, maybe one day. <laughs> yeah, eventually. But eventually it comes around, right? That's what I've been told. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. What, that's what I believe, at least. Um, so I really wanted to have you on because I saw something that bothered me okay. on social media. And... I saw a bunch of people talk about it and a lot of people just pushed it away and said, I can't comment on this. I'm going to stay away from it. But you. Of course I did. I did. And that's fine. That's great. Stephen A. Smith. I knew it. Broad. Like, listen, I understand his job. I understand his role, but he basically said he is not entertained. He does not want to watch females fight. And it's just not for him. Now I, I, it's his job. He wants to rile people up. I get it. He's getting attention. Your response, your rebuttal. Give me someone who is a pioneer of, of women's boxing. Give me your response to that. Well, I, I saw it and I was initially bothered. And then um, I had to let it sit with me. Like, like you notice, I, I never like 
go off the cuff right away. Like I had to let it sit with me for the day. And it was actually my promoter, Lou DiBella, who tweeted to him. And then I was kind of just like, all right. (laughs) Because my promoter said, I understand. He said something along the lines of, which he apologized for after I went on that tear of bananas. But he said, and which I realized is a common, common kind of thought, like, dear Stephen, like, I know that this is your opinion, but it was really in poor taste to say that. And my answer is this. Not wanting to see women do things is not an opinion. That is sexism. And that kind of conversation needs to be completely taken out. Not liking boxing, that's an opinion. Not liking baseball, that's an opinion. But saying I don't like to see women do something that I like, that's sexism. Okay, that's sexism. And what Stephen A. Smith is doing, even if he doesn't really believe it and he just wants to kind of rile people up, what you're doing is no different than that garbage president that we just had for four years who liked to kind of be controversial, give his opinion, and allow all of the people who were already genuinely hateful from the inside come out and feel like that they have an ally. So to hear somebody in such a big position for such a company like ESPN that pushes women in sports, how are you pushing the narrative that we don't belong there? And to further that, and I have to keep going, (laughs) but to further that, it's like, I I recently said this on an interview, you know, the, the narrative that women don't belong in combat sports or that nobody wants to see women fight is so dated. Right. Right. And we don't talk like that about other things. Like if your house is on fire, you don't see them going through the fire engine and telling all the women, please go back because I don't want a woman to put out my fire. We aren't telling our, you know, our military that we don't want women to fight. We're not saying I don't want a female doctor to operate on me. We don't talk like that in any other venue. So why is it that it's okay and so common for our promoters, for the announcers, the referees to be able to so freely talk about such sexism? It's like so built into the system that even women are going, yeah, well, people don't want to see us. What? Yeah. What? And that's a that's false. First of all, that's false because especially you talk about boxing and MMA. Those are the two sports that actually people pay to watch females fight and, and, and compete at. Like I'm not sure what the the numbers are for WNBA for there's really there's no NFL for for women, but but in combat sports there is I know a huge audience, WWE, huge audience. So for him to say that, it makes that's the one sport that you that the women are excelling at to bring them to bring them down. I I, I was I hate that because I, I'm always saying on the other side, I'm like, wow, this is great. The platform is basically equal, finally, right? Yeah, and what he's doing really is saying, hey, all you sexist, misogynistic men. I got you. Don't worry. And it's allowing that narrative and that conversation to continue. My problem with it is not so much um, the thing coming out of his mouth, because lots of people talk that kind of garbage. I don't want to see women fight. I don't want to see women get punched in the face. It's the idea that that is an opinion. Mm. That is not an opinion. Opinion is I don't like ketchup. 
<laughs> opinion is like, I don't wear dresses in the winter. Opinion is, I don't want to shave my armpits. That's your personal opinion. But to say that I want to restrict you from doing something because I don't think that you belong doing it really shows that male privilege that women, I mean, I, I had to reflect and think, is there any time in my life when I looked at a man and said, he shouldn't have that job? <laughs> Right, yes, like I have actually, but that's besides the point. Well, that's because of the particular man, but it's not to say that men shouldn't be doing that. Right. Like, why is that man a hairdresser? Why is that man a doctor? Why is that man a race car driver? Why is that man, you know, like, like, why is that man an ice skater? Mm -hmm. That mm -hmm. that's never something that women say because it's not in our history to say it like this is history repeating itself where men feel very comfortable thinking that women don't belong. And then it's kind of embodied as their opinion. No, you're an asshole. And we don't <laughs> talk like that anymore. And we don't convince our kids that it's okay to talk like that because what 12 year old girl is listening to you say that feeling like, damn, man, why do I have to be good at boxing? It's not a girl sport. Fuck him. You know, it's funny because like, I, I'm on I'm on that end of if you don't care about something enough, just don't talk about it. I know he has to for his job, but but reality is like he didn't have to say that. I, I for one, I don't like a lot of sports. They don't come out of my mouth. I don't discuss them. You don't need to do that. And that that's the point. And that's a lot of things. That's that's a lot of political stuff these days, a lot of personal stuff. There's a lot of things that affect other people, but how does how does women in boxing or MMA really affect his life? And that's the point. If it doesn't affect your life, keep your mouth shut. I always used to think that back in the day, it's uh, sex, politics, and religion. We don't talk about at the dinner table, but I feel like there's a lot more things we could add onto that list now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like being a complete asshole and that's exactly <laughs> what it is. And it reminded me so much of the last president. Like he would say these highly controversial things just to kind of, win over people with hate and it, it gave them all this common this common okay like it's okay to be this way because look he is like Stephen A. Smith not to say he's in a position of power but he's talking on one of the biggest sports platforms in America on ESPN and then this is how you speak to your audience members saying that it's okay I'm sorry but but that is not only highly irresponsible, but he needs to be checked and corrected. And I, I even almost feel like ESPN needs to jump out and say, we don't share these views because it's not an opinion. It's not how he feels. It's sexist, it's discrimination, and it's not okay. The, I mean, he's one of their top guys. So I feel like that's something that they'll never touch, unfortunately, at least right now. I mean, in sports, though, that is something that's been happening. I mean, I don't know if you follow. Are you a big Are you a big sports fan other than b boxing and MMA? Or I mean, when I was a kid, I was a huge Yankee fan, but kind of, you know, they've been garbage the last couple of years. I said it. I said what I said. They've been garbage <laughs> the last couple of years, and I didn't mean fight me. <laughs> but again, someone, someone that's, will. That's an opinion. That's my <laughs> opinion on the collective performance of that team but no i don't really follow sports that much well recently there's been a lot of things like i'm a mets fan and a lot of like the mets employees like the general manager got fired within 30 days for some sort of like uh texting issue that he had with a female not employee but someone in the industry he was basically 64 unsolicited text followed by a picture of his junk Ugh. you know like that type of stuff and it's been it's been coming down i feel like it has 
the industry is finally taking a turn. Like that's the one thing. Like, I don't know about you celebrity wise. I've always said this. I couldn't stand it. When celebrities had this gotten this pedestal and would just basically like knock industries, knock MMA, like Glenn Close got up there and knocked MMA and said, we can't let people, you know, get turned into NFL and watch MMA, you know, F that. But yet their industry is just as shady and just as disgusting. Look at Harvey Weinstein, you know, every, every industry is terrible. So how do you fix that? Um, by having the conversation, right? Like Stephen A. Smith would be very wise to come out and say, you know what? It's, it's, it was a shitty thing for me to say, check himself. Like I checked Lou DeBell last night and he like immediately was like, you know what? Thanks Heather. I appreciate that. I didn't think of it that way. Like that's how things suck. You become more mindful of the way that you're treating people and the way that you're making them feel right. Like we don't consider racists as people with bad opinions, do we? No, racism is racism. It's wrong. It's not accepted. Neither should sexism. It should be on the same plane. It shouldn't be a matter of opinion or, you know, like like having the conversation is the only thing that's going to change this. And I'm kind of at the my age, right? Like I'm not 20. And at my, with what, like I've already added to the game of boxing i don't care who i piss off anymore i don't care if Stephen a smith says i'm gonna make sure she never gets a fight i don't give a shit buddy i already won my world title at madison square garden i've already done more shit than most you know fighters ever dream of coming up like i've thought of that so many times like you can't take anything from me i'm not afraid to open my mouth anymore do you want to be a politician is that something that in your future in your future it's so funny because, like, um, I actually gave it thought. I really did. Like, I have my degree in forensics and stuff and was always, like, super into, like, the law. But as I'm getting older, I find myself, like, much more into the activism than I am <laughs> <laughs> into the fighting. You know, like, I, I won't jump on a, a bet about who's going to win a fight. But go ahead. Let somebody say some shit about it. <laughs> I'm right there. <laughs> I, you know what? Like, it's, it's funny. I tell my wife all the time. I'm like, I do. I hate politics so much. I really do. I, I'm just not a politician at all. I can't stand it. But I feel like I do want to like try to get into it because I want to change things. And and, but again, then on the other hand, I'm like, I just feel like you just end up in the BS of it all, and I can't. I wouldn't well, feel you good about it. You certainly do because there's there's no perfect side, right? There's no, no perfect side of no. politics and politics in the last, you know. During, throughout the last presidency have gotten so divisive. It's like, so it's, it's not about money and, and policies anymore. It's, it's, it almost turns into a matter of morality. And, and I just felt like as a person who had a platform and people listening that it was my responsibility to use it to the best I, I could, you know, like I lost a ton of followers being political, but at that point, like, I think we were all kind of forced to show our hands, say, like, who are you? Who mm. am I? Who am I cheering for? Right. So we all kind of drilled down on what we thought was important to us over the last, I'd say, year. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, Heather Hardy joining us right now. And, you know, just to get back to some fighting stuff, because that is that's that was the point of it. But I, de- I had to, Heather, you really are a, a fantastic spokesman spokeswoman i should say sorry about that for that's uh, okay <laughs> but you're fantastic and you and i want to make sure that your voice was heard because it's necessary because this this type of conversation does need to be talked about like you said that's how you fix it so you talk about it um but getting back to the fights 
you're back into boxing. You're trying, you're training for boxing. What, as far we talked about a little bit earlier on like Jake Paul, like that, that type of thing is, is the, the new wave. You know, I'm excited to see Canelo get back into the ring. That's really cool. Billy Joe Saunders is a good fight that's coming up in, in the boxing world. But I feel like as far as headline boxing events, they're just few and far between. And like the the Joshua Fury or Joshua Wilder, you know, that, that fight's so far away. It took so long to get Fury and Wilder to fight. How do they fix that? Because in UFC and MMA, even Bellator, you know, Scott Coker, Dana White, they're doing a good job of that putting together fights that fans want to see. So I think that it's really hard to make changes in boxing because um, boxing is so like in medieval times, right? Like you have a small handful of people, right? Like the Bob Arams, Eddie Hearns, a very small handful of people who are making a lot, a lot of money who get to make all the decisions. So where the fans might be, you know, hurting they don't really care. They're not inclined to change because they're very happy with the way things are running right now. It's hard to ask. People always say to me, like, what is going to change for women's boxing? It's hard to change the sport of women's boxing. Like, Dana White was a young, innovative dude, like, who did the social media, did the promotions, made it mainstream, had all, like, his fighters and stuff on commercials and doing different things. How much boxing do you really see on social media? Be honest, like where they're promoting their fighters. Like Eddie Hearn does a pretty good job with Matchroom. But I mean, outside of that, what do you see? You don't because those guys are already making all this money. They really don't care to promote anybody. So it's it's really hard to say what's going to change. We got to maybe wait for these guys to die out. Uh, no, have, listen, their, have their kids take over with better ideas. <laughs> listen, I, I understand. I, I'm in a, an industry where we've been doing a lot of really progressive things lately, which is really good. But it took a while. It took a while for people to be like, oh, we do have to change a little bit of that. Yeah. And it, it's 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 tough. Um, and then you see like – It's like trying to get your grandma to get an iPhone. And <laughs> she's still got that little flip phone. You're like, gr- no, you can see pictures <laughs> on it. <laughs> Yeah, she didn't want she didn't want any type of phone. Period. At a story, she definitely didn't want an iPhone. <laughs> exactly. Um, but like I said, like it's funny because I see the zone and like they they almost had an issue with Canelo. Like the his last fight, they sold it with like arguably the best guy we could possibly find and put him in a fight with. It's like that's not selling a fight. Like that that's and they almost lost Canelo because they couldn't even line up a fight for him. So there's definitely, I have concern about that. I understand what they were trying to do. It was a really good idea to sign those big names and give a big contract, but are there even that enough names out there for these guys to fight? And I mean, that's really what it comes down to, right? It's like what, what matchups are out there that are exciting to see? Like, it's not about the one guy who's so great. Cause you know, you want to see who is he going to fight? Like right now, I mean, what is it? 140 pounds or 147 pounds? Like the Terrence Crawfords and Errol Spence. Like that is a popping weight class that has mm-hmm. like all the action in it. Like that's what boxing fans are really waiting to see. Like who are we going to see Canelo fight again? Triple G? I mean, let's yeah. cool, right? Like like Billy Joe Saunders is actually intriguing. I do have to say I'm, I'm, I'm semi excited about that. Cause that's a little bit, that's more of a name and stuff like that. But before that, yeah, there's, there's just not enough out there. And it's, it's frustrating because I always get into that argument. I'm like, and, and then I look at UFC and I say, they have, they're, they're starting to build their brand better, which is why I, you look at ESPN, they are 
they're like the, the, the home of MMA now, which is great. Yeah. It's, it's a highlight reel left and right. It's just, it's just a good thing for the sport. You want to see boxing get back in there. It's just, there's no reason why they can't merge together and, and be a happy family. It's combat sports, no? Right, which would be nice, right? Because then it would show more boxing in America, boxing across the states. Like, there's nothing really happening here right now. The only guy who's really doing anything is, you know, Top Rank's been doing a few shows. But it's mostly been Eddie Hearn and Matchroom in the U.K., do you what do you think about Mike Tyson, Roy Jones? Like there was talks about like some sort of like legendary league or something like that. Would you would that be something that would help build the sport too? Or think that's you know, it's 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 really hard to say. Like they had talked so much shit about those two guys like coming back and doing that exhibition. And it was like, you know what, we're in the middle of a pandemic. These two guys, I'm having a hard time coming out of a one-year layoff, and these guys are 20 years older than <laughs> me. Right. Coming out of off of 10, 15, 20 year layoffs, like and they came back and they put on a great show for us. Like, sure, there were lots of rules and everything else. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's like it's it's the same way that people will say, I don't want to see women box. Right. You know, right. It's like if they are two totally capable, sellable fights, I like boxing. Right. right. I like boxing. Well, that's that's the thing is like I, I listen and I've watched. Tyson's exhibitions before too. So I was like, I don't know if I'm really going to be into that. Cause I still have, I was a T-Rex. He fought like 12 years ago. That yeah. guy with the one eye, I wasn't as excited, but this is Roy Jones. So this is a little different. Yeah. But, uh, but I, I wouldn't be opposed to starting like this le- a legend league where like you do see some of these old timers, whether it's Holyfield or Lennox Lewis or whomever, like, it's not a bad thing to kind of bring it back. It wouldn't be. I think that, I think that with the rules of the last X, like it would have to be legit fighting, right? Like not right. sparring partners, not like, Oh, if you hit them, the thing's over. Right. Like if it was going to be a real league where we were going to pay for it and want to get into it, I'd hope that it would be the same rules as boxing so that you can actually see an athletic performance. Right. Cause that's what it come down to. Yeah, uh, I have. Um, I think Clarissa Shields. You you've trained with Clarissa Shields, correct? No, actually, I've never trained with her. I know no. her, but okay. we've never actually done training together. She's set to make an MMA debut soon. Am I correct? I know she's she's working towards it. Has that been announced? That fight? I don't think they announced the date because she's got this March fifteenth pay per view fight for a world title. Um, so they haven't announced a date, but I know she had said she was going to hop back into her MMA training. And hopefully I think it was like by the summer or by the end of the year or fall. Or Has she talked to you about that at all? Like and got like your opinion and that your expertise on this, consider you have made that tra- transition. No, we haven't even spoken about it. I mean, I'm sure like through social media, I've congratulated her and stuff, but we haven't even spoken about it. She's got such a great team behind her. You know, she's over with Holly home and she's training with really, really experienced girls. She don't, she don't need to know about the girl who broke her face. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, but you've, you, but you made that transition. I always feel like you have to, you have to reach out and just kind of get an idea of what it is. Cause there's, there's certain situations that you're, 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 you've been in that someone else can't speak to. You know, we've all, we've seen Ronda Rousey. She was badass for so long, but she never made that transition from boxing to, to MMA. It just didn't, didn't happen. So you yeah. have to, you have, you have to respect that. I, I always do. I always reach out to someone. If I'm in a situation for the first time, that that's what I usually do. Um, is there any specific boxing match, MMA match that you're really excited for coming up? I'm really excited to see this Paige Van Zandt, to be very honest with right. you. I'm excited to see how she tra- transitions. Like, I express an interest in bare knuckles. So, like, I, you know, I'm waiting for them to make me a good enough offer to come over. And I just thought, wow, you know, if, if Paige wins, that would be a pretty exciting fight, me and Paige. But, um, 
you know, I, so I, I'm just curious to see how, how she does and, um, what it looks like, because again, it's a transition, right? So I'd like to see how she transitions from MMA to boxing. Have you fought bare knuckle ever? Is that, have you ever done that? Well, you know, when you have street fights as a kid, they don't give you gloves. <laughs> like, I, I can remember, like, you know, you get in fights when you're a kid, you wind up on the ground, you go home, and your your knuckles are all, you know, scratched up from the street. Um, I, it's been 25 years since I have, but, like, I, I was explaining to my other coach, like, I transitioned from 10-ounce boxing gloves to 3-ounce MMA gloves, and I really didn't have that hard of a time, so... You know, it wasn't like I got hit and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I'm really not seeing that. Plus, when it comes to boxing, like I forgot more about boxing than most people will ever learn. You know, like right. not just not just my fight career, but I lived in Gleason's for the last 10 years with some of the richest boxing. You know, the stories, the coaches. I didn't just work with one coach in the corner of a gym. Like I'm so embedded in boxing culture. So even if I can't do it, I know in my head the thing that I can't do that I have to do. Right. Yeah. So I was always super intrigued about this bare knuckle because that's much more in my wheelhouse than MMA. Cause I know all the things. Yeah, no. And it's definitely something that's on the rise for sure. I mean, the fact that Paige Van Zandt went over there was, that's pretty impressive. They've had some big names go over the former MMA fighters and stuff like that. So they are making a, a nice rise in, in the They are. Game. And like the fact that they're willing to invest like that tells me it's like, you know, in, in boxing, everyone wants to fight Katie Taylor. Why? That's where the money is. You can fight Paige. Okay. Show me the money, baby. It makes dollars. <laughs> it makes sense. <laughs> That's that's the other thing too. Like you know, um, right now in baseball, there is a, a an agent. Her name is Rachel Luba. Uh, she's a sports agent for Trevor Bauer, this uh, the top free agent pitcher in MLB, and she's doing a really good job of hyping him up and finding a way to create a nice social media presence for him. But they're also finding a way to get him paid. Yeah. Um, how do you get? boxers and MMA fighters paid because I see there's the, first of all, boxers, a top level boxer, like you said, Katie Taylor paid, but there's a lot of the undercards that are just fighting for like pennies basically. And, and how do you change that? Like, I mean, what, what do you do? How, how, how do you help build? Um, I don't know if it's a union, but what, what do you suggest? It's really hard to say because the money all comes from, from the promoters, right? Like the promoters are the ones who place value on us. And you have someone like Clarissa, Katie, those girls won the Olympics. They on international stage. It was 2012 before females were allowed and invited to box in the Olympics. In 2012, when you had men had, there were 12 different weight classes for men. There were only three for women. So we're still in our infancy of exposure when it comes to women and deserving pay. Like I made my base mainly from social media, right? Local New York City, pressed, pushed the press, pushed the attention. Like I just marketed the shit out of myself, switched sports, got new fans, right? It's like now my popularity comes from people who want to see me fight, right? Because I, yeah. I built that market for myself. But what you're seeing is like, regardless of the market, it all boils down to what the promoters want to pay you. Because I was offered a couple world title fights in the UK, for friggin' $20,000. They wanted me to fight a former Olympian for $20,000. And the truth is, it's like, I'm like, nah, no. 
I'm not even going on a diet for $20,000, <laughs> but there are girls who'll still do it. So they get away with yeah. it. You know? Yeah. That's a shame. Um, they, 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 I, I've always, cause listen, they, there's, they catch someone who's really hungry that really wants to do it and really yep. thinks it's going to put them on them on the map. So I understand, but there's gotta be this change. Same way the conversation has to get out there with sexism, racism. There's gotta get the conversation out there. Like, Hey, you know, you can pass up on a fight and it might not hurt your career the way you might think it is, you know? Yeah. Like I, that's why I just feel like if this is, if this is my role in boxing right now to just speak out about all that closed doors, kind of stuff that some of these girls who are signed with promoters and, you know, in the midst of building their career, they can't say those things because mm -hmm. women have been proven that if you talk too much or if you say something or if you cause too much noise, then we'll just replace you because there's a girl right behind you who will take the little money for the hope that things will be different for her. Would you ever think about being an agent or starting your own company and, and start to try to build a brand that way and, I would more be willing to help women on the way up for free than I would be to get down in the dirty business of boxing. It's probably, I, I, I don't want to be around it forever. I know that like, I don't want to be on the business side of it. I don't want to be on the inside of those phone calls, but I would all, always like be willing to, to be a voice and steer these girls in the right direction. But like I said, like, Having more girls in the Olympics and the weight class—that is really the key to the exposure right now. Which, which is like kind of standing in the way for us for so many years. It's twenty twenty one, Heather Hardy. When are we going to get a podcast? Ah, uh, so I started one with um, Everlast, and then the pandemic hit. So I uh, we did have one episode, but you know the pandemic hit. They shut down the studio, and the truth of the matter is, they're like, "Oh, you can do it from home." And I was just like, "God, that's so much work because I'm trying to keep the lights on and work." So it it is a thought in the future because I do certainly have a lot to say. <laughs> you do, you definitely do. And listen, I will say this: your the door is always open. If you ever want to jump on and just get something off your chest, please feel free. This is, this is this is this is open conversation. I have been making it very friendly with a lot of other athletes, whether it's baseball, NBA stars. It's a platform for everybody. I like to have a round table one of these days to just have everybody on, just just shoot the shit. You know what I mean? So awesome. please feel feel free. That was the name of my podcast. Shoot the shit. Shoot the shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go. Come on. Listen. You see how this came full? This conversation just came full circle. There we go. That's how we do it. That's what. Come on. We plan. We actually wrote this out, people. We script this out. So but I'm telling you, listen. You, if I could do this, you could do this because I'm an idiot. I, I'm technically stupid. My seven-year-old runs circles around me. I'm a moron with this stuff. I couldn't figure out Zoom for about seven no, years. No, that is a lie. You must be a natural because I could not believe how much work went into creating one episode. Just like doing the bios and the introductions and, you know, trying to get what points I want to hit and not forget everything. So don't discount your job, man. It, it's not easy. It's not easy. And if it's easy for you then you're a natural because this is not a good position. Being on that side isn't so easy. Well, it's fun. And I, it's fun having a conversation with you. So I appreciate it. Heather Hardy, is there anything you want to promote? I mean, shoot the shit would be great in the future. So <laughs> let's just, let's build that up. But is there anything else you want to promote? Um, No, I don't have too much going on right now. I wish I did. <laughs> just, <laughs> just getting back into training, you know, to look out for my fight date. Cause it's going to be coming. I could use all the fans screaming. Well, we're looking forward to it. Heather, thank you so much for the time, and please keep in touch, and uh, we'll do this again soon, okay? So good to talk to you. That was Heather Hardy, former featherweight 
WBO champion, um, of also of Bellator as well, and looking to see maybe uh, maybe a potential matchup with her and Paige Van Zant. We will see. But thanks for the time. Thank you to Michael Carter Williams as well, the Orlando Magic, Heather Hardy. Great time talking to them, and uh, and just thank you for listening. Really trying to build the community over here. Anybody that's a fight fan, whether you're an athlete, whether you're a musician, uh, actor, whatever, want to build a nice little uh, little community over here, and hopefully get you involved too. You know, follow me at the Fight Fan WFAN. Um, follow me at the Hoff WFAN as well. Tweet at us. Uh, Give us, give us your opinions. Hopefully we can make this an, an actual live show one day where you can actually call in and interact because that's what I want to do. That's ultimately what I want to do is I want to get live interaction with everybody, with the with people. Because I talk, we talk baseball, football all day, NBA all day, sometimes NHL. Really want to create and build that platform for you. If you're a fight fan and if you want to call in and then Pitch your matchmaker, whatever the case is. I want this to be the platform for it to be. So glad that we're getting the guest, but we also want to hear from you as well. So at the Fight Fan, WFAN on Twitter, at the Hoff WFAN on Twitter as well, at the Fight Fan with Pete Hoffman, YouTube, Facebook, and on uh, Instagram as well. Um, again, Michael Carter Williams, Heather Hardy, fantastic guests. I will also be back on tomorrow night or after the fights on Saturday uh, with Alistair Overeem and Alexander Volkov. I will be uh, I will be posting a live reaction of that fight and maybe put some other fights on there as well. Uh, so take a listen, a look for that as well. And then next week we will break down UFC 258, Kamaru Usman versus Gilbert Burns for the welterweight title. It's going to be a great card. We're going to have some good guests on. That's what we do. That's what I try to do. So thank you again for listening. And check out the instant reaction on Saturday night after the Overeem Volkov fight. And then follow it up with a Friday podcast with a couple guests probably and the preview of UFC. Thanks again. I am Pete Hoffman. This is The Fight Fan. Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.